There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And we're back. Another episode of the Born Ready 2-Pod podcast. I'm Chris Cook, your favorite host, and I'll let these other guys introduce themselves. I'm Eric Hawk, not your favorite host. And I'm Jake Light, and hopefully my mic is a little more clearer than Hawk's. Whose who's phone, or there was a phone ringing in the background. Yeah, does somebody have a landline? That's what it sounded like. I do not have a landline, now. I definitely heard a landline phone. Um, and if you're listening to this right now, tweet at us and let us know, because I 100% heard that. And I'm not going to go through... Somebody got a call on landline. Yeah. Are we gonna, you guys want to play the Honest Game right now? Yeah. Yes. I'm I'm working on the draftnetwork.com, doing some mock drafts. I just got a phone call. Um, and, uh, I'm the GM of the Dolphins and, uh, we're looking, we're looking to trade up. Got a phone call. So trying to decide if I want to trade up or not. Wait, is that like an internet game or something? Uh, the draft network, uh, they do a lot with the mock drafts and they do a lot of like profiles on players and stuff. So yeah, it's just kind of like a simulator. It's pretty cool. Interesting. I can see you being into that. Yep. I am. Sounds boring. All right. Well, let's get to business here because we're recording this at, you know, after nine o'clock and it's past my bedtime. I'm tired, but we work for you guys. You guys, I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. Anyways, uh, we're going to start here uh, with the Pacers schedule. That's going to be our main focus here on this episode. Um, And we're going to go by each month. Um, and obviously we're not going to analyze every game because that would take us, you know, weeks of episodes to do, but what we're going to do here is just kind of break it down, go over the key highlights from each month and have, you know, a nice friendly discussion about it. Um, so first off, I would, I do want to say the, the preseason here, it starts this Saturday. Um, so it's, you know, it's coming up quick. The season preseason starts on Saturday in Cleveland against the Cavs. Then they play again on the 14th against the Cavs in Cleveland, and the preseason wraps up next week on the 18th at home versus the 76ers. So what the NBA did here 
with the schedule was they released the first half of the schedule. Um, so they haven't re- released the full schedule yet. Uh, they're going to be playing 72, 72 games this year. Um, but they've released the first half that's going to be going from December 22nd through March 1st. And, and in that time frame, the Pacers will be playing 38 games total that first half. So pretty much with the uh, way the season's structured, um, each conference plays their own conference teams three times so that's a total of 42 games so the eastern conference teams will play each other three times and then the western conference the opposing teams uh they'll play them twice so that's 30 games of the schedule right there so maybe this is something they look to do going forward but thoughts on the uh, schedule you know kind of being shaken up this year with everything going on um, obviously the first half of it's been released. We don't know about the second half, but what do you think cutting 10 games from the season? Do you think that'll be something that maybe is what it looks like going forward from here? I don't know if it's going forward. Cause I think they're going to be itching to get their money back any way possible. So we might see another 81 game season years down the line, but I kind of like the experimental of it. I think there are too many games in basketball. I think, under 70, around 70 is almost perfect to me. Just you get a, a lot of home games as well for the fans. And baseball especially needs to get rid of a few games, if you ask me. But yeah. that's more of a holy holy sport. So so be it. So I think this basketball team is going to – or this basketball season is going to sneak up on a lot of people. I don't – there's not a lot of buzz yet. Like you were saying, you were looking at rosters today, and there was a lot of moves that you – you forgot about or didn't never even heard about just because you know just so much other shits going on so i think it's going to sneak up on some people and i'm excited looking at the front half of our schedule yeah i'm super pumped up about the first half of the schedule um one thing that i think kind of works against the pacers and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong on this but it feels like the pacers always you know crazy here but they always seem to play better in the regular season than they do the postseason. Um, yeah. And I, you know, um, w- one reason for that is I feel like we, our team plays hard for like every game. Like we need as many games in the regular season as possible because I feel like we don't take as many nights off as, uh, say, like the Lakers or the Clippers. And of course, those are some of the best teams in the league. But I mean, they, they'll just like, okay, we're not playing Anthony Davis or LeBron. Like, we're just going to take this out today. Don't care because we can make it up. The Pacers play, uh, you know, everybody, every game possible, unless it's Victor Oladipo and he's really not one of our best players anymore. So um, it is what it is. I, I almost feel like this, this hurts the Pacers a little bit. I want as many regular season games games as possible because i know our guys always work hard and and play hard all right well let's dive in here um into some of these games so we'll start obviously with the month of december which you know has the shortest amount of games here because we're starting you know last week of the month the pacers are going to be playing five games here in december their opening night game is going to be against the knicks um and then followed by that they play at chicago then they have two games against the Celtics, both at home. And then uh, the New Year's Eve game to wrap up 2020, they play uh, against the uh, Cavaliers at that 3 o'clock game that they always do. So month of December, you know, 
pretty easy to analyze here. Four home games, one away game there. So a nice little stretch of home games to start the year off. Uh, they have one back-to-back uh, with Chicago and Boston. So having to travel back from Chicago to Boston, that's not that you know rough of a stretch to travel back from. So thoughts on uh, opening the year off against the Knicks and then you know that nice little stretch there of uh, home games we got you know this month to start off the year yeah I mean with Nate you don't really know the new Nate white Nate we don't really know what to expect we know old Nate we always notoriously got off to slow starts it seemed like or last year we lost our first three games so the Knicks and the Bulls are two teams. Like, I mean, we got to at least split those. I mean, I'm expecting to win them both. If I think if this team is, you know, similar to last year's team, those are two games we're definitely going to win. And then splitting against Boston, I think, would be nice to end December. And then you roll in and you get into the the more grueling parts in mid January where you got that first West Coast road trip. But you know, the Knicks and the Bulls don't scare anybody. And then you play Boston twice, and you'll really see where you stack up. So we're going to know quick. It's kind of like a nice preseason with the Knicks and the Bulls, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way to put it. I, I think we start out with two very winnable games, obviously. Um, I, I I think we start out 2-0. and um, Would I be shocked if we split? No, I wouldn't with a new head coach. Just, uh, But it seems like, uh, from all indications, our, our guys are enjoying training camp, which you can't always say about pro training camps. And um, I'm, I'm pumped to see what we look like uh and just kind of check out the preseason. And I just want to see the energy level of the guys. Couldn't care less if we win or we lose. It's uh, it, it's 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 just heartwarming for me as an NBA fan to, like, you know, see some NBA basketball and look normal. But yeah. with that being said, I do think that, you know, those, those uh, Celtics games early, um, I, I think they're going to be pretty important for us to see where we're really at. And I, I think the Celtics are a terrible matchup for us. And I know we're not breaking down each game, but um, one thing I've preached this offseason is we got to build wing depth. we got to build wing depth. Wings are what win championships. Wings are what win in the playoffs. And we didn't do it. And now T.J. Warren's down. Lamb's obviously questionable. And, and Victor Oladipo is, is about as, you know, reliable as my starberry shoes once were and that's just not good so um it is what it is and um, i'm a little more pessimistic this year because I, I think we really needed to make moves and we didn't do it so i hope i'm wrong but um we're going to be tested early and uh you know if we if we're not four and two after the first six games i think it's it's a major loss i mean you have to think knicks bulls cavaliers knicks again those should be four wins and if you lose twice to the Celtics, four and two is okay. But anything less than that, I'm not feeling great. Yeah, I mean, most Pacers years and most NBA franchises in general, going into a new year, you got new pieces to be excited about. This year, it's a, yeah. a new coach, which I'm just as excited as like a new crucial piece, just because I was getting tired of McMillan as most of us were. But you know, we were a five seed last year, so the expectation is if you can't at least get us to the four five matchup, like we regressed and the East is honestly a little stronger. So I think it's going to be tough to, to get back there with this, with this team. But you know, that's the excitement of, of the unknown. Just to correct you there. We were the four seed last year, my guy. Four seed. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. And co- coincidentally, we only played four games in the playoffs. So that checks out. Yeah. yeah I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, if you don't win a single game, you're the five seed. Let's be, you should have been the five seed. You should have been the eight seed. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nice little stretch of games there. Um, 
and then I, I recommend if you don't have it pulled up as we get here into the next couple months, pull up the uh, calendars on your phones or whatnot to look at look at this because I'm not reading off all these games. I'm kind of just highlighting some of the you know key matchups and whatnot. So uh, month of January, we're going to be playing. Pacers are going to be playing 16 games. Um, so decent amount of games there in January. Um, as Hawk had mentioned a little bit ago, that's going to be their first uh, West Coast road trip. That'll include five games and a, uh, six nights. Or, excuse me, not six nights. It'll be five games and seven nights, I believe. Uh yeah, something like that. My math right might be wrong. But anyways, it's going to be tough. Uh, Sacramento, Golden State, Portland, Phoenix, Clippers. So, you know, he's not traveling too much. You're kind of just going down, going down, going up the line there uh, on the West Coast. So not too bad there, but still um, going to be a very tough stretch of games there. But then they come back right after that and play four straight home games. So uh, what I see here on, on this part of the schedule is, you know, I mean, it looks pretty this looks like a really tough stretch. I mean, you got you got New Orleans, which is going to be tough. Houston, I mean, obviously they have their issues, but always a tough game. Suns are a lot better. You got the Mavs, Toronto, um, and then Philly as well. So January is not anything easy. Uh, three back-to-back games, or three sets of back-to-back games in uh, in January. Um, so uh, it's going to be tough. Eight home games, eight away games eight away games that month so um nothing easy there in january so what do you think kind of looking at this stretch i'm not gonna ask you for a prediction but uh it doesn't look like the schedule makers were too kind here this month no a lot of these games you know i'm just i'm gonna be freezing my my butt off in indiana just curled up under a blanket on the couch watching them and i might doze off for some of the 10 30 start times on the west coast but january basketball is great because there's literally nothing else going on besides you know some college football playoffs at the beginning of the month and then you get into the the super bowl on the weekend so other than that it's college and nba basketball for me so you know, there's some normalcy back in my life that this January is going to be, you know, a lot of couch sitting. So I'm excited. And we get to play Zion and the boys January 4th. I know that's a game Jake is, is super excited about. He's he's a huge Zion guy. So that'll be a, a fun game to watch and, and see how we stack up against the, the new beast in the West, as I like to call him. Yeah, they're the beast, all right. Uh, I, I'm guessing by January 4th, Zion will have gained 35 pounds of straight gumbo. Probably. At least. And maybe we'll see. We'll see if his knees can hold up. And I don't know. Uh, actually, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm thinking the Pelicans game is the only for sure win I see. I don't know. I, I maybe I, I you know January fourth. I like it for the you know the Pelicans. Obviously January eleventh against the Kings. But there's a lot of tough games. Honestly, um, you know you never know what you're going to get with Golden State. Is Golden State going to be healthy? If they are, that's always tough. Ten thirty matchup on NBA TV. Um, and obviously the Clippers are formidable. And then, you know, you go back home and, and you got to play Dallas, who would obviously project to be one of the, the better teams in the West. And um, shortly after that, you, you got to go to, you got to play Toronto back to back. It looks like we play Toronto home games, um, you know, home game on a Sunday, home game on a Monday. So interesting schedule for sure. I think Chris hit the nail on the head. This is, 
this is going to be tough, and and you never want to give away wins. Uh, but it, it, this seems like the type of schedule that you know we could beat maybe a team like a Golden State, and you know maybe compete with a uh, with Portland and maybe get a win there, and then all of a sudden you got to play you know the Suns, and that's your third game in four nights, and oh shit. Now we just lost to the Suns, so now we don't feel so great about that road trip. And and that's just going to be what the NBA is. And it's just going to be interesting to see if if our guys can can hold up and how we uh, fare out West. I think it's a lot of difficult matchups out West for us, given the fact that, you know, we're built on inside basketball and no one else seems to be in the NBA right now. Well, I guess the other thing to take in consideration as well is, at least in these early games, I don't expect there to be many fans, if at all. So, I mean, that's really not going to be a factor. So, I think the only factor, you know, when you travel, the only factor for these road trips is the travel. So, and the amount of games that you play in those days. And so, playing in the bubble, you know, was a lot easier um, for these guys because, you know, they didn't have to travel after a game. They could just go straight to their hotel room or whatnot. But... Um, that's, I think that's the biggest factor as we look into these games is, you know, now they got to travel from place to place. Um, I don't think fans, at least in this early part of these games that we're talking about are going to be a factor. So I don't think home court really matters. Um, I think, I think if you can stack, you know, a bunch of games at home in a row, or at least that are fairly close to, uh, where you play, I, I think you, you know, that's a good stretch uh, stretch of games that you need to take advantage of uh, when you're not having to travel. No thoughts. I thought you that's where you were going to pause and save it. That's what I thought you were doing. Let's go ahead and do that. We're going to go ahead and pause real quick because apparently all of our stuff gets deleted as we get going. So just one second. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams starting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts and we're back okay so uh february and early march here we're not going to do march by itself because there's only a couple games that have been released in march but uh 17 games that are in uh february and early march total um so some keynotes here from those games uh four back sets of back-to-backs um so that's pretty tough there uh, seven of them are home games. The rest are away games, so ten total away games. Uh, they got a four-game East Coast trip there from Boston to uh, the Knicks, Sixers, and Cleveland. Um, so a little stretch of away games there. Um, and actually get their first two nationally televised games on ESPN. Uh, February 3rd against the Bucks, and February 26th against the Celtics. So... Both of those are away games, but uh, those are the Pacers so far. They're only two nationally televised games for the season, and they happen to be in the month of February. So big month there. Um, as you guys look at that schedule, what are uh, some of your initial thoughts when you see that? I see we play Milwaukee for the first time February 3rd. They're obviously a division opponent, so and we, they obviously have Giannis, so that's going to be you know a tough way 
and that's crammed between Memphis, New Orleans, and Utah. So a brutal schedule. I'm looking at the schedule now, and you know, before the season starts, I, I I see these teams and I think about these guys that you know probably suck ass, but then I think you know in the past they've beaten us or shot well from the game, and like it kind of makes me nervous. So. Looking at the schedule now, it, it, it gets a little easier mid-February. You got, you know, Detroit, Atlanta, Chicago, Minnesota, Houston. You know, those games you should be projected to win, hopefully. And then, you know, the national televised stuff, I mean, we never get any credit. We haven't earned it, in my opinion. I mean, you don't put a nationally televised team on that gets swept out of the playoffs consistently. So you got to earn it to get more of those and fans won't like it but that's just the way it is we're not sexy right now we didn't make any upgrades to look sexy so i don't fault anyone for that like maybe i have in years past where i thought we deserved it that's just kind of the nature of the beast and then going into march you know it 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 ends uh, cleveland denver just to kind of wrap up that early march so then we'll see but this it it gets easy in the middle but it, it still looks like some tough games for the pacers yeah, I you know to piggyback off what Hawk says, I think starting February 11th, we have maybe the easiest six game stretch of the season. Maybe I think uh, maybe yeah. maybe maybe the first six games of the season, we got to play Boston uh, two times. If you can split with them, I mean that might be the easiest six game set. But you got the Pistons, that should be a win. Uh, the Hawks easily. I mean not easily, they're better this year, but I still think we should beat the Hawks, uh, the Bulls, uh, Timberwolves. Rockets, you have no clue what the Rockets are going to look like by mid-February. Jeez, oh, Pete's their best player might be John Wall at that point, and uh, and he's probably going to be out for the year with a broken nail. So, um, and then you got the Spurs right there. So that's a pretty easy six-game schedule. You got to go four and two. You got to capitalize. Um, I do feel negatively about myself. I missed a big point. We 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 pretty much know we're losing in mid-January. There's a game where. We got to go to the Clippers, and uh, Luke Kennard's on the Clippers now. So just remember that date. Oh God! <laughs> uh, just remember that date. Uh, I cannot believe it. I saw that the Clippers uh, signed somebody to a big extension today, and I just figured it was Luke Kennard. So um, you know, it's just one of those things. He's a pacer killer. So I just wanted to bring that up. You know, when we miss an opportunity, so wanted to hit it. Talk about the most hated team of all time right now. Oh yeah, for sure. The Clippers, the Clippers are for sure. I mean, I hate the Clippers. The only team I hate more than the Clippers are the Pistons, and I don't even hate the Pistons much anymore, just because they suck so bad. So, yeah, the Clippers, and I'm sure we'll be talking a little Paul George later, so I don't want to ruin it. But yeah, I, there's no redeeming qualities uh, about the Pistons or about the Clippers whatsoever. We won't be talking about Paul George later unless you want to bring him up. I did, I did not put oh, him on today's list. Let me just, oh, I'll. I think I can bring him up for a second. Then the comments that this dude makes, he he does he is the most um, negligent human being in the world. Who brings himself like he will give himself compliments, but he also makes excuses for himself while simultaneously trying to build himself up. And I, I mean, I'm talking in a circle right now because that's what he does. I mean, the comments <laughs> the comments that he makes. I mean. He said something about, like, I'm getting back to my MVP status. Bitch, what MVP status? You didn't win no MVP? What are you talking about, dude? You've never been an MVP. He's like, all these guys are talking shit. Yeah, dude, you are you had one of the worst playoff performances of all time, and you called yourself Playoff P. Like, 
what is this dude doing? He just signed like this big gigantic max contract. He's in LA. He's where he's always wanted to be. Just shut up and go play. Like what? What is it? Just get away from us. He's talking Pacers. He's saying the Pacers could have got basically Anthony Davis. Blah 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 blah. Well, we would have had two losers on our team. We would have had Anthony Davis and Paul George. Anthony Davis won a ring because of LeBron. So like what? Like I don't get it. Like why are you still talking about the Pacers all these years later? Like it's just pointless. Hawk, what do you think? Yeah, the comments he made this week about Doc Rivers, he wasn't, you know, used correctly or something. And then he's, and then Doc just came back and said, well, Tyler was sitting right next to me, so I don't know what this guy expects. You know, if I could, if you were with me right now, Jake, I'd kiss you on the mouth just because I agree with everything you're saying so much. And, you know, really, any time we can get our hatred out about Paul George, you know, it, it brings a smile to my eyes. So, fuck Paul George, fuck the Clippers. Why don't we just go beat their ass, you know? I mean, it's going to be hard, but let's just do it. I know. Let's just beat it. Let's just beat him down. And the and he's so smug in these videos. He's wearing like an all red jumpsuit. Like, dude, what? Like, what are you even? What are you doing? And he's sitting back. He's all relaxed. And like, my favorite thing in the world to do now is to make fun of that that Gatorade commercial where he makes the last shot because he it's just so unrealistic. And he's just. And he said basically that he's not a corner three-point shooter. They're using him as a three-point guy. They're not using him how they should. And then one of the nerds from one of those stats-based websites basically proved that he wasn't used even close to how he said he was used. And it's just stupid. Yes. The worst. All right. Well, a little humble brag here. I was uh, DMing with uh, Jeremiah Johnson here earlier today. And the Born Ready to Pod DMs, I asked him if the games were going to be on, uh, the preseason games were going to be televised on FS Indiana. And he confirmed that all three games will be on there. So we can watch all three preseason games um, coming up before the season. I know sometimes they don't show those, so that's good news at least that we can watch those. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson, though, will not report... Um, this is breaking, so we're breaking this on the show. Oh, jeez. He won't report uh, for his sideline pre-post-game duties until the first game of the season of the 23rd. So he is out until then. Um, Source directly, uh, Jeremiah Johnson himself has informed me. I mean, I'm thinking we probably – I mean, did anybody tell Vegas? Because that is going to affect the lines on the game. Um I'm thinking 0-3 start to the preseason. What do you guys think? I mean, there's no doubt that Jeremiah Johnson brings an energy about him to the building and to the to – the, I mean, there's not going to be a crowd, but to the players in general that no one else can replicate. So it's a true loss. You know, hopefully him and, health, him and Warren get back healthy together and, you know, we start off on the right foot. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. Now's the time to get those long nose, ear hairs, and just completely grooming yourself. Tis the season for that. You're in luck because the Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says your balls will thank you with the most sought-after gadgets and scents a person can find. Included in the new in the new package is the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered, 360-degree rotary dual blade. 
Look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job here? The bundle also includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. The dads, including myself here, we just can't stop talking about this. The teens are secretly buying these, and the women will love you for it. Tis the season to go to Manscaped for yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends. The best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the Performance Package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The Performance Package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the shelves. Get 20% off and free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. Once again, get 20% off free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. All right, well, speaking of injuries there, let's kind of talk about the TJ Warren news that came out here today. Uh, we're going to get into some random Pacers tidbits here before we wrap the show up with around the association. So TJ Warren, it was announced today he will be week to week due to right foot plantar fasciitis. This is the uh, same injury that Domantas Sabonis had and forced him to not be able to play in the bubble um, with the Pacers. So um, I think it came up. He had, I think he's had this injury for a few months. I thought he got it, you know. Uh, in the playoffs or something like that. So I, I think this is a lingering issue. Uh, so it sounds like he's week to week now. So who knows what that means. So what what are we looking at here is if we know we have the usual starting lineup that we expect it to be, maybe the Pacers sliding, you know, Justin Holiday to that three spot, keep Jeremy Lamb on the bench, but obviously we don't know when he's coming back. So uh, what do you think this means if, you know, at least the first – couple weeks of the season the Pacers are out uh, without their at least their best player that he was in the bubble he was their best player so what do you think that means for the Pacers if he can't go the first couple weeks of the season yeah with a new coach it's hard to tell I mean I I think you lean on Domantas a little bit more in those first couple winnable games and then you know with Boston you kind of just you know see whatever best lineups working and then I think you got to start Justin Holiday just for the defensive aspect, just because you don't really know what Lamb is at the moment. So, and I'm comfortable with Holiday starting. You know that it screws up our bench a little bit, but I, I don't. I don't think it. We just got to get him healthy, you know, because what he did in the bubble was nice. You know, he, not only did he have that 50 point game, he had a couple 30 point games as well. He was shooting really well. Didn't really translate to the playoffs as much as we'd like. You know, got a little harder on defense. You know, teams kind of keyed on him. The Heat kind of kind of teed on him, I should say. But you know, I'm still excited. You know, losing Warren's a big blow. I mean, he if you would have told me at the beginning of last year, T.J. Warren would be my favorite second play, maybe third, top three favorite Pacer. I, I don't know if I would have believed you, but I think he's right to be in anyone's like top favorite player after what he did last year. So it's a big loss. Oh, it's clearly a big loss for the Pacers. Um, and you know what? I think we just let him heal. I think. Uh, um, I, I was saying about this earlier today. I think the best course of action for the Pacers, um, and you know, I think you, you rest him, and then 
hand the keys to the car to Victor Oladipo. I'm being dead serious. I mean, we're going to figure out if the guy can play or not. And first six games of the season, I would venture to say, is um, one of our easiest stretches of games. Hand Victor Oladipo the keys to the car and say, okay, you want to be a max player. You want to be a $30 million player. Let's see what you got. Everyone's starting out on the same foot. There's no J.J. Warren to take your shots. Uh, we don't have a lot of guys that can create their own shot. Victor, go do it, man. You want to be paid? You want to be the leader? That You want this to be your team? Let's see what you got for the first couple weeks of the season. And um, I hope he thrives in that role. I I don't personally think he will. I think he's he's acting like a loser. But I think we at least have to see like what, what he can do. And uh, while T.J. Warren's out, Let's see what Vic can do. Let's see if he can be the guy he used to be, the guy that used to want this to be a city and cared about winning a little bit more than, you know, the next place he's going to play. Agreed. So, yeah, we haven't uh, had a show since the offseason, so kind of recap here. We don't have to get into much discussion, but, you know, just so we're on the same page. Uh, as we've mentioned, no offseason changes, really. The Pacers re-signed Holiday. Uh, Justin, that is, uh, re-signed Jakar Sampson. Uh, they brought Brian Bowen back on a two-way contract, signed Keelan Martin, a uh, former Butler standout, um, who was with the Timberwolves previously. So uh, then the other move was in the second round, they picked Cassius Stanley out of uh, Duke. So uh, kind of on that that play there, Hawk, I know you're a big Duke guy, so any thoughts on uh, Stanley and what he can bring to the Pacers? Maybe not this year, but uh, you know, potential-wise going forward in the future, do you think he's uh, a solid rotation guy that you know can maybe crack the rotation in the next couple seasons? What you get with Stanley is just pure athleticism, and that's what you need in the NBA to have anything else kind of success. I mean, you can make it as a hard worker, but, you know, usually that you're not like a, an impactful player. For So for a second-round reach, I think it's a home-run pick, and, you know, it was our only pick, so we'll see what he pans out for. I, I don't think you'll see him a lot, you know, maybe in that second unit here or there, minutes in the game, just to see what you have. But he's an athletic freak, and, you know, everything else hopefully will come soon. And uh, I'm rooting for the guy because, you know, I love the Dukies. And it wasn't the guy from it wasn't the guy from Michigan that we all thought we were gonna get. What was that? What was that dumbass's name? <laughs> the big white dude. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't. Some, it was terrible. So I'm glad we didn't pick him. So yeah. I'm excited. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just something quick. I just, I just don't. I don't. We said at the beginning of the offseason we, we needed we needed to make some moves, um, and we did the opposite of that. I mean. Uh, I really, I love Justin Holiday. I think, I think he was a guy we had to go get. So I'm thankful for that. But uh, we got him locked down for you know a couple years. I think we just didn't make any moves. One because we're scared, and two, there's just not a lot of value on the team to be honest with you. Um, and that that's unfortunate. Uh, our biggest move was a second round pick, basically, other than re-signing Justin Holiday. I'm just depressed. We won zero games last year in the playoffs, zero, and um, we just didn't get any better. So I'm assuming we win one or zero again this year. I don't yeah, know. But we Maybe didn't I'm have the down. thing. I keep coming back to is we're going to have the same team, but we didn't have Sabonis in the playoffs. Does that make a difference? Do we win two games against the Heat who were better than people expected? Does, does that make any kind of difference? Give you any kind of hope? 
at all. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I'd rather have Sabonis than not have Sabonis. Um, but I've been pretty steadfast in the idea that you there are no successful teams in the NBA that are built around two big guys. And now no. if we were if we were in 1998, sure, like I get it. Let's let's have Sabonis and Turner to battle against uh, Duncan and Robinson, and we would have lost <laughs> them too. So like, what the hell? Like, what are we doing? But I've, I've been saying this for a year, and I know you guys have agreed. Like, it's just not working. Um, obviously, I want Sabonis, even if we win. But I guess, Hawk, what I'm saying is, if we go from winning zero playoff games to two playoff games, we're still bouncing the first round. We still have the yeah. same conversations. We still feel the same way. I, I'm not into mall victories. And I feel like the Pacers are just kind of stringing us along as fans and saying, okay, we're going to have a good enough team to compete. But we're definitely not going to have a good enough team to win, and that's okay because this is a business. And I'm just, I'm getting, I'm getting worn down by this. Like, do something. Just, it's like that stupid dude with a stick on Instagram that's poking something. While I'm poking the Pacers, and I'm just saying, do something. You know, I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm at. I'm not as upset. I mean, obviously, I wish they would have done something, but I'm not as upset. I think, I think we're kind of uh, undervaluing uh, bringing in a new head coach, a new system. So I think. Seeing what that brings, maybe he can, you know, get a, get some more out of this roster. Um, we were all done as fans with Nate McMillan. Um, so had they brought McMillan back with this same roster, um, the pessimism going into the season would be very high with fans across the board. So I agree with what you're saying, but I think, you know, I think bringing in a new coach here to start off the year, I think that brings, you know, some excitement to see, you know, <laughs> Things are going to be done differently, um, and we're not going to get the same old bland, you know, at least on offense, pound the pound the ball for, you know, 20 seconds and then throw up a mid-range shot contested. So, yeah, you know, maybe uh, we can get something more on the offensive side of the ball now this season. I definitely agree, Cook. I, I think that that's the reason why I am. I, my interest is a little peaked here with this, with this Pacer team. I mean, I, I think – I just think you're never going to feel, I mean, unless you're the Heat, you're probably not going to feel as great about your team at any point in the year um, other than the very beginning. Like, you have the whole season in front of you. You, you can trick yourself into thinking certain things. <laughs> and I obviously would, would rather have a new coach than Nate McMillan. I think White Nate will, will do fine. It's just, you know, it's his system gonna need two big guys and if so that's just personally not the system i think will work in the nba but then again i'm just a 30 year old white dude laying on my bed you know talking on a podcast so what, what do i know i'm just i just i just think that it, it just the whole idea of two big guys just doesn't work i mean there none of the good teams in the nba have two big guys that are eating up 20 or to sorry almost 30 percent of their salary cap not one at least not one worth of shit so that's just where I'm at. I hope I'm wrong. I, I promise I will hold my hand up and say, damn, I'm an idiot. If we're, you know, a one, two or three seed after over half the year's done. But I just don't see it, man. Well, speaking of uh, Nate Bjorkgren, new coach, um, he stated that he has not finalized the starting five, which who knows if that's true. But uh, appears to be a lot of competition in training camp. Um, some videos that have came out, you know, at least from the plays that they shows that they've been running, 
a lot of ball movement and spacing and on offense, and you know that's that's something we didn't see a lot of in the Nate McMillan offensive schemes. Um, the other thing that was interesting was a training camp belt has been given out each practice. So I don't really know what that signifies, but it's pretty cool. Um, some of the known winners so far: Edmund Sumner, T.J. McConnell, and Doug McDermott. So uh, a lot of big winners there. Um, hey, can, can I just interject for a second? What about a tattoo of Edmund Sumner holding the belt? Mm, see, that's where it gets a little pricey, I feel like. Well, I'm just throwing something out there. I'm trying to make Edmund Sumner seem more appealing on your ass than you should be. I, I, see, but the Edmund Sumner, just Edmund Sumner's not cool. So it's not, no matter what he's doing or holding, it's not going to be a fun, it's not going to be a good tattoo. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could be a picture of him in like an astronaut suit riding a skateboard, and it still wouldn't be cool because it's Edmund Sumner. You know, I've just I've tied I've tied my wagon to the wrong horse here. Is what I think happened. And I was going to ask. That was my last note here. I, I have one more topic after that, but can we get an update on that? Do you have an appointment scheduled? Well, what's the status? I know our listeners are dying to hear. They just want to make sure that you don't keep you know pushing this off and and just kind of get swept under the rug. So. What are your next steps for this tattoo on your ass? You know, to be honest, I'm kind of hoping it gets slipped, slipped under the rug a little bit, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's just I think winter has started. So within the within the next 2 months, you know, I will I will do what what I have to do. Before March 1st, I promise right now there will be an Edmund Sumner tattoo on my ass. I will hold you to it. So March 1st, everybody mark that down. It's going to be an electric couple you- months. How do you feel about if Edmund Summers scores 16 before March 1st, is you get it, the tattoo double the size? So you go double or nothing? Oh. So, like, so like you're talking about, like, on the whole cheek? How would we talk about double? I mean, I think the whole cheek would <laughs> No, no, no. So originally, I was thinking like a quarter-sized Edmund Sumner picture, like just a nice, just like a, like Edmund Sumner's on the back of a quarter, and that's on my ass. You know, that's what I was originally thinking. I would say, I would say so. If you're gonna do a quarter, I would say at least maybe triple the size of a quarter on your ass. Oh my god, that's like triple the money too. So I, I don't know if I'm willing to make that bet. Is it? Are we doing triple or nothing? Yeah. So, I I think maybe. What if we put it up to a vote on uh, on Twitter? Or or I got this. I got this one. How about this? This was another topic here. So TJ Leaf traded from the Pacers. We all rejoice. Oh. How about this? Yes. If 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 TJ Leaf scores over a certain amount of points for the Thunder this season. It's, so this is double or nothing. So if he does that, if TJ Leaf scores over the certain amount of points, you have to get Sumner and TJ Leaf on your ass. If he doesn't, uh, then you don't have to get either. I hate TJ Leaf too much. Like Sumner's got some redeeming qualities. You know, he had that broken leg. I just kind of, you know, wasn't high on him. I'm still not. He's got more redeeming qualities. quality is he has a broken leg. Well, you know, you root for the guy. We draft him in the second round. You know, I, I've never outright hated Edmund Sumner. I just thought he sucked ass. And I still, and that's why the ass tattoo plays here. 
So I, I don't know. I'm not willing to make that. I just there's nothing I like about TJ Leaf. You know, he he was the bane of my existence for years. So I don't I don't think I can do that. Okay, well, I mean, we got another couple weeks till the season actually starts. So maybe you know we keep throwing ideas at you. Um, but I'll, right, I'll take almost any bet other than the TJ Leaf bet. So okay. think of something good and we'll we'll discuss it. Yeah, we'll work it out. But as it sits here today. Still, the summoner tattoos in play. You just there's a chance you might go double or nothing with another bet hinging on it. Um, so oh, I would love to. I need another escape out of this somehow. So if it's wild enough and crazy enough that pleases the masses, then then we'll just have to do it. Yeah. All right. So last note here before we get to around the association, uh, new pinstripe city jerseys came out over the last couple weeks. Um, I'm a big fan of these. They kind of, they not kind of, they look exactly like the old ones the Pacers wore uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, obviously with a couple changes to it. So uh, what are your thoughts on these new jerseys? I, uh, I am an absolute big fan of them. Yeah, words that come to mind, fresh, clean, swag, like they look nice. Hopefully they look good on the court. They have to, in my opinion. Getting back to what works, the pinstripes, I like the little subtle changes they did to it. A home run. Um, well, I, I love the jerseys. Um, I want to I wanna get one. I haven't bought a Pacers jersey in, in a few years. Um, I actually went to Dick's Sporting Goods in Carmel, um, checked out the new jerseys. And the one thing I will say is they are a little – they're a little lighter than what they used to be. Like, they're a little lighter blue. I'm not sure I love it, but it's just the pinstripes themselves. Those are personally my favorite jerseys. They were, you know, I, I was like 10 years old. And that's when the Pacers were were really starting to become a, you know, a big part of my life. I love the jerseys. I'm going to buy one. I just don't know who I want to buy. They had Ola, they only had Oladipo at Dick's, so I wasn't going to do that. So I'm thinking Sabonis, but um, I'm kind of up for anything. All right, well, let's wrap that up, um, and then when we get back, we'll finish the show up with Around the Association, so we'll be right back. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams starting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ready to <laughs> wow, that was interesting. <laughs> a, little, uh, a little different vibe for the day. Yeah. All right. Uh, the uh, Houston Rockets traded Russell Re- Russell Westbrook, uh, who's now 32, to the Washington Wizards in exchange for 30-year-old John Wall and a future first-round draft pick. 
Wall has only played in 73 games in the last three seasons and will earn $41 million this year. Westbrook, who will also make $41 million this season, is now headed to his third team of his career and is four years away from uh, his uh, MVP season back uh, in 2016-2017. So who do you think won this sloppy deal? Oh, man, that's tough. I mean, if John Wall can play and be decent, I think it's Houston that wins in the long run. But I think Washington becomes better this year just because John Wall didn't even, never plays. So, I mean, just for that fact, on the court, I think Washington wins the trade right away. It's not a great tra- – I mean, it's it's one of those bad, bad trades kind of on both sides in a way just because I'm convinced they're going to write textbooks in years to come about how John Wall's somehow the smartest man of all time. I mean, he's making $41 million this year. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, that's just insane. So Well, and he's under contract for, I believe, another two or three years after that – this in the final year of his contract, he makes forty like forty eight million dollars. You know what? Get that money. That's all I gotta say. I mean, you're not gonna be on a winning team ever, probably, but get that money. Yeah, I think you know. I think the winner of honestly, the more I'm thinking about it, the winner of this deal is is whatever team gets Bradley Beal next, because I I. Russell Westbrook runs off every good player that that he's ever played with. I mean, he lost Durant, he lost Paul George, which whatever, and he also lost favor with James Harden after only a year. And now you're sending you're sending him to Bradley Beal, and it's the bad part is here's how you know it's bad. His teammates seem to like Russell Westbrook as a human. But they hate playing with him so much that they would rather get traded. And like when Paul George got traded, no one even knew that Paul George was trying to get traded. Like it was just like a slide under the table. So like people like Russ, but they don't want to play with him. And so I think the winner of this deal is whatever team gets Bradley Beal after he's like, screw this, I'm out. Um, as far as who won the, you know, if I was to had to pick between the Rockets and the Wizards. I mean, I guess I would take the Rockets. I mean, they get a first-round pick that will probably turn into second-round pick, so that really doesn't mean much. But they've already seen that the Russell Westbrook experience doesn't work. And who knows? I mean, we haven't seen enough of John Wall. John Wall might be like, I don't know, like some sort of like transformer at this point with how many injuries he's had. Maybe he comes back better than ever, but you know that Russ and Harden don't work together. So I guess I would go with the Rockets, but I think you're just pretty much trading shit for shit, honestly. Yeah, it's a high risk for the Rockets, so who, who knows? I, I'll be interested to see how it works. What, why do you think it's a high risk for the Rockets? I mean, because John Wall never plays. I mean, if he just doesn't play ever again, I mean, I, mean, I guess they basically didn't lose anything if they're trying to rebuild at the same time but just from purely playing the basketball game i think the 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 warriors or the wizards will be better and what do you think that says i mean i I, you're completely right obviously if you if you put a gun to my head and say who has a better season russell westbrook or john wall i'm gonna be like well russell westbrook because john wall might play 30 seconds and get hurt but I think from a pure like basketball move point of view, what's that say about Russell Westbrook where the Rockets are like, yes, give us the shittiest contract in the league. Give us the guy that barely plays 
and you guys can have Russell Westbrook. Like, what's that say about Russ? Cook, you, I mean, you're pretty plugged <laughs> in. I mean, what's that, what's that say? I mean, that just says that he can't shoot threes anymore and it didn't work. And he, he may have never been able to shoot threes, but for a team that wants to shoot threes, they completely made a, a bad move there and they'll forever have made it. And it probably lost Maury's job, honestly. Yeah, I don't, I just, uh, it's just such a weird trade to analyze because you just kind of get the feeling that both of these teams aren't going anywhere. But in a, in a, off season where there wasn't a lot of huge moves in terms of trades, like that's the one that's highlighted. So I think it might even be getting more publicity than it's really worth. Oh, for sure. Keeping it with the Rockets, Jimmy Harden is now becoming a real problem in Houston. Jimmy missed the first few days of training camp and was seen parting it up at, at strip clubs without a mask on. Jimmy reported to camp a couple days ago, but the status of him practicing is still up in the air, you know, because of the whole partying at a strip club with a mask thing. It's clear that Jimmy wants out of Houston, but he still has two years left on his deal. Fellas, does Houston have a problem? Yeah, this is the crybaby modern NBA, you know, mentality. Instead of going in, putting in the work... Showing the you know Houston that you're a serious NBA player and still demanding a trade, you can respect that, but just not even go and just be like, ah, oh, they'll trade me. I mean, that's just the way it is. He's making a lot of money, so I guess he has the right to do that in a way these days. But Houston definitely has a problem. I mean, they went from high expectations, you know, a couple years ago with Chris Paul, then that didn't work out. They've just been cycling through, and now it's the John Wall experience. So. Houston definitely has a problem. I think they're significantly worse than they were two years ago. I mean, that Chris Paul, James Harden team was actually, you know, a competitor and could actually play that style of basketball. And then, you know, from then on out, it just never worked. So Houston has a major problem. If Houston had any nuts whatsoever, they would send his ass to Orlando. They would just send his ass to oblivion. Who cares what James Harden wants? Why does it matter? Why did why does he get to say, "Oh, send me to Philly or send me to the Bucks"? Send his happy ass down to Orlando, make him sit at Disney World where there's no strip clubs, and make him play there. I don't like. He, he has never won anything. He's not a winner. He doesn't show up in big moments. He takes terrible shots. He doesn't play defense. He's never going to win an NBA championship unless they trade him to a to a team that could use him. I mean, you talk about I think the worst thing that could happen for the Bucks is the trade for James Harden. They popped up as this like this team that could get James Harden, a team that James Harden would play for. Like he completely takes the ball out of Giannis's hands. I, I just I don't get it. I don't get why any team I quite frankly I would rather have Ben Simmons. And I don't like Ben Simmons at all. Like, and they fucking him. hate each other. I mean Giannis and James Harden notoriously have a beef where you know yes. Harden said, I actually have to learn basketball. I'm just not tall. And then, you know, Giannis made a, a, a thing at the All-Star draft where he said, I want to pick players who actually play defense right on TV. So they openly don't like each other. There's no way he goes to the box, in my opinion. Dude, I'm just throwing – just throw uh, – the Magic would be happier than two peckered Billy Goats to get, yeah. to get James Harden. Trade his ass for, like, Vucevic, make the contracts work, throw a couple – throw a first-round pick. And just say, okay, you're going to play here for two years. And if he doesn't want to play, fuck, he can retire and he could go to all the strip clubs he wants. He's already got enough money to do it. So just, I just hate when these players say, well, I'm going to go here. 
And you know what? Kudos to the freaking Pacers because when Paul George did that, they didn't just trade him where he wanted to go. They sent his ass to Oklahoma City. So I don't I don't get why these teams just get stuck in like this this mode where they got to make these players happy. Who cares? Send his ass to Orlando or send his ass to Memphis. No one is there. I don't care. Just send send him to Sacramento. Who cares? Just he's he's not going to win a championship. I just can't stand it. Send him to New Orleans. He actually probably be the best player there. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Send us after the Bulls. Ooh, I'd love that. I'd love that. Send him to the Bulls. That's a good one, Hawk. All right, moving on from Jimmy there. Uh, with the 2020 NBA schedule release that you know we had highlighted there at the beginning of the show, we were finally blessed with the annual lineup of Christmas Day NBA games. The matchups of the day include kicking it off with the Pelicans playing in Miami at 12 o'clock. The Warriors then face off in Milwaukee against the Bucks. Following that, the Nets travel to Boston to play the Celtics. The holiday wraps up with a Mavs vs. Lakers matchup, followed by Clippers playing the Nuggets. Does that slate of games intrigue you at all? Because when I look at that, I see a lot of big teams, big you know, big market teams, big players. But I don't see any really real rivalries or anything like that. So, does that give you any intrigue there? Those that slate of games. You know, not really. I think I don't. I honestly don't even remember the teams you said. You know, once the season starts, I'll get a little more excited. I know you said the Mavs and Lakers. I think I think that'll be probably the best game from the games you 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 laid out there. So, as the season goes, maybe you know Christmas Day, I maybe watch one of those. I maybe watch the late one when I'm home. So. You know, the Pacers never play, and, you know, if there's a big game, I'll, I'll try to catch it. But other than that, it's never been that big of a monumentous thing for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm i way more into it. Um, I know uh, Cook and I usually throw together some FanDuel lineups and watch it. And to be quite frank, it's nice to turn it on when you're supposed to be, you know, a family. Because, you know, <laughs> after uh, about an hour, you're like, holy shit, how can I get out of this situation? And uh, you just turn on some basketball and you roll i don't know i love it i love watching i love FanDuel. i'm gonna bet on every game this year i'm gonna have a vested interest and i can't wait all right last topic here um the nba announced that they will not be conducting random marijuana drug tests in the upcoming season (laughs) they stated that due to the pandemic they will move their focus towards testing for performance enhancers and drugs of abuse, a.k.a. Uh, what Tyreek Evans was on. Not sure what the pandemic has to do with weed, but I guess it's dope that they are, uh, you know, get going away with uh, that drug testing. <laughs> Will we be seeing some players not only getting high on dunks this season during games, but also high on that sticky icky? Hawk? <laughs> Well, honestly, yes. I mean, this is a negotiation tactic from the NBA. It's like, hey, we got a short season. We don't really know what's going to happen with coronavirus. You guys get high as hell. Nobody <laughs> gives a shit. I mean, most of these players already are. This is a no-brainer. This just should have been done five years ago, if you think logically. I mean, that's just my opinion on it. Let them let the let the boy smoke. Let Timmy smoke back in the Tim Lincecum days. You know that you know that started it all, in my opinion. So shout out Tim Lincecum. Yeah, I mean. I've always been pretty backwards on this type of stuff just because I've never really been into it. But, like, 
I mean, holy shit, dude. We're it's like twenty twenty, getting ready to be twenty twenty one. Like it's it's marijuana. Like just just let the guys do it. I mean, J.R. Smith has found a way around it already, and he's the dumbest idiot in the NBA. And somehow, you know, he is smoking marijuana every night, and he's somehow getting around the drug test. So let's just chill out and just let these guys do what they do. It's not nearly as taboo as it was even a decade ago. Let's just chill, man. You know, let's just chill. Chill, man. Yeah, let's just chill, man. All right. Well, before we wrap this show up, Hawk, I wanted to uh, give you the floor here and uh, kind of go over. You know, I had you had brought the idea to me a couple weeks ago. I had tweeted it out the other day. So, kind of give our listeners here what's uh, what they can expect from the podcast going forward. What the plan is. Yeah, so last year we did a little blog action, little previews, little recaps, just anything on our minds. And none of us are fantastic writers. You know, the guys we had put in place for it, you know, at times wrote almost incompetently or at like a third grade level. So in my opinion, an audit, you know, an auditory version is, is much, much better, much easier to consume. And I think if we stick to the schedule, you know, we get our gut reactions every night. You know, we don't have to go back and think about it. And then after, you know, a few few of those, we record a regular podcast and kind of talk about what we've seen. So for me, I think it's it's just a better overall system. And, you know, there's nights where not all of us will be there, obviously. It'll, it'll kind of be a rotating opening door cast. And, you know, my vision for it as well is like, you know, maybe we get like a fan of a, the, the team on or just, you know, somebody in, you know, media maybe even just, you know, the guest list could be endless. And just make them, you know, 20, 30 minutes, nothing crazy and just easily consumable. And that way, you know, fans of ours can look forward to it. And we'll have the best takes. We'll have the hottest takes. We'll be motherfucking Victor Oladipo. We'll be sucking on that Sabonis schlong. I mean, it, it'll be hot and fresh and ready. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the idea. Like you said, it's it's going to be, you know, there might be a game or two here here and there that, you know, we do miss because, you know, life happens. But uh, I, I like the idea. I, I like, the, you know, obviously doing, you know, an hour, hour and a half podcast after each game would be, you know, it'd be just no one wants to hear that. So I think, you know, 20, 25 minutes going over the game, you know, getting our instant reactions and then kind of looking forward and looking ahead to that next game. I think that will be good. Um, and you know, you got a lot of good podcasts out there, you know, that give you serious content and things like that, which, you know, we like to talk, you know, seriously, but we also like to bring, you know, like a, you know, smart ass, sarcastic sense of it because we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, and we take the sports seriously, but you know, we kind of like to joke about it as well. So, um, yeah. It'll it'll be At the fun. End of the day, it's it's got to be entertaining above all else. You know, if I'm listening to something, I don't want it to put me to sleep. You know, and I don't want to be in a conversation where I feel like I'm putting people to sleep. So I feel like this, the gut reactions, you know, the highs, the lows, they'll, they'll be exciting and and bring some life to it. I think. Yeah, and I mean, I just I look I look back at you know previous games from the last few seasons. Uh, I mean, the one that's off the top of my head is you know the the loss against the Celtics from a few years ago when Bogdanovich had that inbounds pass um, and they scored at the buzzer. So I just, I, I think about that game and, and I think about, you know, our reaction right after that. I mean, how pissed off and electric we would be uh, right after the game happened and we recorded, you know, if we waited a night and then recorded the next day, you know, obviously we calmed down, but like literally, I mean, the takes would just be, they would be flaming the night of. <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll have to have some our Skip Bayless editor, you know, get our get our takes out there. Yeah. So that's uh that's the plan going forward. Uh, we're gonna have an NBA preview show coming up um, over the next couple weeks, and then after that, going forward, that's kind of kind of going to be the plan there. So uh, anything else before uh, we wrap up this uh, this exciting episode for our listeners? You guys got anything you want to make sure that you say? You know, just I just got a little song to take us out here. Maybe if it'll play. It's not going to... Oh, there it goes. A little sticky-icky for us to take us out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born Ready to Pod. We will see you guys soon. Yeah, and shout out the the Pacer Stats guy. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P., yes. Should have mentioned that earlier.